So this is like totally cool. So this started in November of 2016 in Cuba with incidents, and you're involved with 18 injured Canadians who have had the courage to come forward to pursue litigation against the Canadian government for acts of, what would you call it? Negligence. It's pure negligence by the Canadian government, not providing the proper safeguards, the warning. They actually told one of our clients, the first one to find out about what was going on from an American. Our client on April 10th speaks with an American. They have to, they can't speak inside the living quarters because it's known within Havana, the diplomats quarters are bugged. Like it's just well known. Right. So they go for a walk. This guy from Texas describes an attack, describes symptoms, and he says, we're getting out. So our guy goes to the embassy the next day, speaks to the ambassador and a couple other people. And the says, Canadian embassy. Yeah, and, tells, and says, tells the ambassador exactly what he was told. Now, my client is there with his wife and two kids. Yeah. Uh, I think they were probably 14 and 11 at the time. And the ambassador says, you are not to tell anyone what you just told me. You're not to tell your family. You're not to tell anyone in the embassy. Well, and he's a good soldier, so he's not going to tell. So just frame this for everybody, so for our viewers who are not used to it. So, so this is Paul Miller, who's a, a senior managing partner at Howie Sachs and Henry. And it's a leading prestigious uh, personal injury firm. But you handle cases that are not... You handle I, serious, I'm big a, I'm an out of the box. You're an out of the box I'm guy. out of the box. And these are serious cases. And this is like fucking international intrigue. Okay, so... I can't swear? No, you can swear. I got to tell so you. My wife and and, and, my and, wife. and Karen, your yeah, wife is wife. here, and one of them is saying to me, don't swear. No, he, no we okay. swear all okay, the time so over this swear. case. Over this case, we swear all the time. But this is can, incredible. So I, I, I really need you to frame sure. what happened and the litigation because this is something people never really hear about, and it's amazing. Yeah, so we got contacted in early 2018. And it came through our general intake. Like a Google intake? Yeah. Yeah. And what? <laughs> Personal injury lawyer. Well. Foreign entity <laughs> f***ing me over. Okay. Um, and it goes to one of my partners who is a, a fantastic litigator, but he does motor, catastrophic motor vehicle, things like that. And he says, all right, let me send it over to Paul. So I, I'm reading this and I, it sounds a little familiar and I Google it. And it's like, geez, th- this is intriguing. Yeah, yeah. And so... But to sue the Canadian government, it's a, it's a different beast. Okay. But, but I, I remember the story yeah. that there was an issue about Americans yeah. who were in Cuba who were allegedly subjected to some hearing issues through some alleged signal that was like some sort of attack on yeah, them. Yes. So the Americans, the first attacks were in November of 2016, where, as I've come to learn in the last few days, they systematically picked off people in order of their importance in the American embassy, uh, mostly people within the intelligence community. And what, did, what, what do you know that you can talk about right now? Because I know it's in litigation, mm-hmm. but what, what were the Cuban authorities doing? What were they using to attack? It wasn't them? the Cubans. It was the Russians. We believe it was the Russians, but with Cuban aid, of because course. there was only one way the Russians would know where the diplomats live and who was who. Right. Because the Cubans keep very close look at on whoever's there absolutely um after years of going through a variety of ideas the most credible information that's out there right now is that it was a microwave 
pulse device that would shoot microwave um, strength. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it would be aimed at their heads and suddenly, you know, you can't, you can't see it. You start hearing this high-pitched grinding sound. Your head starts pounding. Nose bleeds at times. You get dizzy. And the pressure in the room just becomes unbearable. If you can get out of the room, it goes away. If you open the doors, it goes away. So no one knows what this is. It's been thought that it could have been an LRAD, which police have all the time and to disperse crowds. And so this happened to American after American after American. And then then it started to hit the Canadians in June of 2017. So the guy who the guy from Texas who spoke to to my client, my client was the first to get hit. Wow. Now, I don't know exactly what my client's role was in Cuba. My guess is that he was not on the diplomatic side. He was probably intelligence, right? Um, because he was so f-ing cool, guys. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, because he was described as an IT specialist. So we figure, okay, he's, yeah, yeah. he's not an IT specialist. And then the next person that gets hit is like third up in the embassy. And she is clearly working for, with intelligence. So over a period of many months, mm-hmm. this was a repeated yeah. attack. And it, and it didn't, the, the problem that is really significant is that, you know, okay, diplomats sign up for all types of shit. Yeah. Okay, they yeah, know yeah. what they're getting into. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking about the the spouses and the kids now. His two kids got hit. His two kids had nosebleeds for weeks and weeks and headaches, um, cognitive issues. Talk about that a bit. Yeah, what yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. were the what was the medical sort of outflow? Yeah. So of this? so they they these folks get sent to Miami, um, and they see a doctor by the name of Brian Hoffer. And Brian Hoffer is at the University of Miami, and he is he has uh, been seeing all the Americans, and he does all these tests, and on the Americans and my clients, he concludes that somehow these guys have the the symptoms of a mild traumatic brain injury. Oh wow! With no actual actual physical hit to the head, because normally you'd have that from a. You know, a blunt trauma to the head. Or even a whiplash action, right? Okay, anytime like in a car accident. Right. Yeah. Anytime your brain's going to move around, it's going to hit the sides of your skull, and you get a concussion. But right. there's nothing like that. There's no entry wound. There's no exit wound. But everything... And there's no precipitating event that no, they can identify. No, nothing. And now, interestingly enough, our clients never finish their examinations with Brian Hoffer. Because Canadian government called up and said, send them out, send them home. National security, we don't want you seeing them. Okay. Hold on. Pause on that one. Pause on that. Hold Explain on. Explain that one. We can't. Oh, please. We can't. Except that... Please tell me Trudeau was in government at that time. <laughs> he was. Oh. And then, Hi, Justin. And, and we'll get back to him because it goes back to Pierre Elliott. Uh-huh. Um, that's subtle. <laughs> um, the, the doctor tells our clients... The Canadian government asked me to change the medical report. Holy does not, does not. How does that happen? Well, the U.S. government asked Hoffer to change the 
change it as well. They didn't want Seriously? mild traumatic brain injury being set out there. So these folks end up coming back to Canada um, and and they're just, I mean, the kids are still so messed up. The kid, the I'm kids, still, st I'm still stuck on changing the. Yeah, it's 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 politics. See, the Canadian government. This is our theory, and it's just a theory so far. Okay, so disclaimer: it's a theory. Don't sue us on this. It's a theory, it's but a, it's a good one. It's a theory. So, why is Canada like Canada is involved because part of the Five Eyes? So, what's the Five Eyes? Five Eyes are the five countries that share intelligence, which I believe is. Uh, United States, Canada, UK, Australia, and I'm missing one. Uh, New Zealand? New Zealand. That's five eyes. Um, Cuba wants the Canadians and Americans out of there. They just do. Because the Russians want the Americans out of there. Of course. Because they want to reestablish their Cold War intelligence community. So, after talking to some Americans who have a different perspective, they believe that... The relationship with Canada and Cuba is quite different because Pierre Elliott Trudeau maintained right. normalized relations. Yeah. And Justin, for some reason, believes it's his obligation to maintain that legacy. We have Well, we certainly don't have the same political posture towards Cuba as the United we States. We have says. no posture. Uh, this American who I spoke to said... The Canadian embassy could be bombed and Justin would have dinner with the Cuban government. Oh, wow. That's a shocker. Um, and I'm so never becoming a judge in this country. <laughs> um, now I, I want to be. It would never so, happen. So I can tell you. And, and I mean, it go. It gets worse because. Talk. Talk, so baby. We talk. Have, we have. This is so interesting. We have three clients that get invited down to the University of Pennsylvania, which has one of the preeminent brain injury clinics in the United States. Yeah. And they are examining all the Americans. In Canada, these three people get brought down to UPenn free of charge. Because they want, they want, yeah, I wish they want a broader cohort to examine. Right. Same injuries. Midway through, the Canadian government gets in touch with the University of Pennsylvania through the State Department and says, send the Canadians home. Now, we get differing stories. The Americans tell me that we want that the U.S. government and the diplomats want the Canadians out. Why? Because the Canadian government was had agreed to do an investigation with Cuba as to what was going on. And Canada would share all this evidence with Cuba. And the Americans were like, F*** they you. They're complicit with Cuba. Yeah, F*** you. And they're covering up what was essentially an attack. Fostered, arguably, by, fostered by Russia. Arguably an act of war. because under Fostered by yes, Russia. Yeah. Facilitated by, by Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. And the Canadian government now wants to cooperate with the enemy. Right. Um, well, <laughs> if we don't get some more f***ing views on this one... <laughs> And well, I can tell you, this after, is great. After this case Paul, started, hold you're on. You're so coming back. <laughs> after this case started, my my co-counsel on this case, John Phillips, brilliant lawyer. He acted for Omar Khadr. Okay, so he he's one of these lawyers who believes in the rule of law, the charter. Whether you like Khadr or not, he believed he had certain rights. Right. Okay, and 
and John, because of his experience with that case and acting for CSIS agents, just said to me, you're going to be followed. Wipe your phone if you're crossing the border. He had me so scared. When I would walk the dogs at night, I would see a unmarked minivan in my area. I would start to panic. So do, have you restricted your vacation destinations? Yeah, we go to Florida. <laughs> Okay. I suggest we, we, I suggest Cancun and the hotel so zone. Can I can I tell you that uh, we were talking about a a firm retreat and someone suggested Cuba. I said <laughs> I'm not. I said I'm not going to Cuba. And I said and they said one of the partners said why. I said really. Seriously? <laughs> I said no. I'm not going to Cuba. Um, but it is it's fascinating because the Canadian government has and i've learned so much about how politicians now talk to the reporters right every opportunity is the health the health and safety of the canadian diplomats is of utmost importance well it's the biggest bunch of that i've ever heard so what happens in canada is that dalhousie gets a grant from the canadian government the medical school to do an epidemiological study of the Cuban diplomats. They think they're going there for okay. testing and diagnosis. Right. And I said to them, you're not. They're go they're you're going there so they can control the narrative. Right. So Dalhousie, after doing all the testing, and they, we've seen the test results, comes out, Dr. Alon Friedman says in a report that it's pesticides. Now, see, here's the problem with that theory, though. There was a couple problems with that theory. One, how did the pesticide... Max, are you liking this episode, motherfucker? <laughs> okay, I told you it'd be a good one. Okay, how, how there's did, a lot more here. How did the pesticides know to get the American diplomats and the intelligence officers of the United States and Canada... Yeah, they, the pesticides were very selective. And they said, well... They're it, intelligent it, right, pesticides. Right, it was to attack the Zika virus. Okay, it didn't fly. Secondly, Jesus so Christ. the day we got the report, I'm watching CNN. I was watching Chris Cuomo that night. And I'm on the ticker. I used to like Chris. Yeah, I still like Chris. I don't wear, he's on some Newsmatch thing. or something. Yeah, I don't know what So it is. on the ticker, it says, Canadian government releases Dalhousie report on Havana syndrome. Well, I've seen the report. For some reason, I decide to go to their website. I have no idea. I pull up the report. It's a different f***ing report than the one that they gave us. <laughs> so we go, next day, we, we gather as a co-counsel group. We go through it. It's different. And so we call up. I almost want to work for your law firm. <laughs> we call up Barney Brucker, who's the Department of Justice lawyer. Yeah, and, yeah. and I dealt with Barney on another case. And a good lawyer, honest lawyer. Like, I have no good issue guy. with Yeah. He is a lawyer's lawyer, if you know what I mean. Like, I got it. Okay. And he says, can you send me the reports? Sure. And he's like, basically, you, you know, you could just hear him say, oh, fuck, what the fuck? There's no explanation. There's no explanation, except one of the reports really doesn't help. Because again, we don't care if it's pesticides. We don't care if it's a weapon. You didn't protect your, your, your government employees right but 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 pesticides are one thing but if you know they're going to be spraying this you got to tell your people this is what's happening you're the diplomats now remember now one of the keys you got to remember about this whole case and the government 
I, I know I'm naive about this, but, but our government hasn't, aside from denying this, there's not been an inkling that you've ever gotten about, well, we're upset about what happened to our people. Not really. Not really. I mean, Minister Jolie... We'd like to address this with Cuba and Russia. No, never anything like that. What? This is ridiculous. So there is a theory that the Cubans had a, a major role in this and want to get Canada because the hardliners were pissed at Canada for brokering the negotiations between Cuba and the United States. They happened in Toronto for the most part and in Ottawa. And the hardliners, the Castro backers, were pissed off that the younger people were now working with Obama to normalize relations. They didn't want that. They want to control this. So explain this a bit, because during the Obama mm -hmm. um, period, mm -hmm. he wanted to try and create some sort of a normalization of relations yep. with Cuba, yep. unlike his predecessors and the Republicans. Yes. And Canada was on board for that because we have much better relations. Yep. And he got pissed at Canada for brokering that? Yeah. That's one theory why the Canadians were targeted in this. So our own Canadian officials mm -hmm. were targeted with a fairly sophisticated form of attack. Yeah. I think it's, it's not insignificant. It, it, it's something that has been described by experts that this, this kind of weapon has been known, known about for the, about the last decade, that this was the new form of warfare and that it could be maintained in a very small, movable uh, device, and it, it's, it, it can be very focused. Um, the one thing that I, I've heard recently is that it's surprising that nowhere in the intelligence world has anyone taken credit for it. Because usually on something like this, there will be some communications that there's some credit. People want the credit. Well, now... If you want now, to keep and, it a secret, and, and one of the effective. Americans who we talked to has said, you know, if you look at Russia, they are they have gone to extremes of making sure that even though you think it's them, you can't prove it necessarily. Uh, they're not leaving a footprint the same way. They interfered with the American election. We think. Yeah, well, they did. Right, and so this is just another form of attack to sow problems within certain communities. This is brilliant work you're doing. Oh, like it, brilliant it, work. it is fascinating. And you know, so like, to, you know, like so, so today we have, we have a call. Great with, work, Paul. Like this you. is so interesting. So we have a call today with a doctor from, um, who's working with the 26 Americans okay. and he's a neurobioethicist. I have no idea what that exactly is. There's ethics in there somewhere. Yeah, and, and he... Not sure so, what that is, but... So yeah. we, we're talking to him about... One of our biggest concerns in acting for these people is, okay, you can't identify the exact weapon. If you can identify the weapon, you no, might... No, you be, can't. I mean, it's so, so you might be able, in this case. Right, so you might be able to predict what might happen to people. So now it's just a guessing game. And so I asked the doctor, I said, we have, we have one of our clients has a kid. She's probably nine or 10 now. And she had some pretty serious cognitive issues after. And where was she at the time she, she got was hit? in her she was in her uh, in the living quarters that her mom had and in Cuba. In Cuba. In yeah. Havana. Yep. Yeah. And got and, 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 and her had, family got targeted. Uh, her mother the mother and the two kids. And 
And so she was doing better through some really uh, aggressive cognitive rehab that the mother was taking the kids to the United States. Paying because we don't have it here. Because the Canadian government didn't do anything to try and get rehabilitation. No, for we'll leave here. that aside. Our, our healthcare system sucks. No, no. I mean, if you want to find the right people here, you could do it. Oh, I don't know about no, that. No, no. You could. And get, at, oh, sick, no. at sick kids and some of them. We've got great children's hospitals, but they never want we to. We do, but accessing our resources Yeah, is but if ridiculous. you're the Canadian government, you can do it. Okay. Okay? But this kid. They didn't acknowledge it, so, no, so they had to go to the U.S. for private health care. Yep. And, and the mom has paid out of pocket. Thank you, Justin. And the child came down with COVID in April and went downhill cognitively. So I asked the doctor today, I said, could COVID exacerbate? He goes, absolutely. It's an inflammatory response. The, it's almost having like encephalitis. Like you've got an Look, an you can have cognitive responses to it. Right. Yeah, and so I said, well, what's the likelihood that it will get better? He goes, it's completely unknown because we don't know the exact device. Yeah, and the problem now is you have an intersection of, of a contagion right. with an know? unknown. Right. Um, so you know, Jesus. so now you're going to have to go to the Canadian government and say, okay, folks, like this ten-year-old kid, the daughter of a lawyer, uh, who's a diplomat, high achiever. Chances are, though, you know, you doing of, her service for Canada, doing her service, and and doing her service for Canada yeah. with and, her family there, with the Canadian government. Abandoning her. Well, and, and right? Have I got that right? Abandoning yeah. her. The doctor said to us today, he said, "I don't understand why Canada has been so hesitant to acknowledge what the rest of the international community is acknowledging." Oh, I can answer that. And then we talked about that, and he goes, "Yeah, probably. You know, that's probably a good reason." And um, and so we asked him, "Where's the United States on this with so their litigation?" They can't sue. They can't sue. There's something called the Fairs Doctrine uh, that the Supreme Court uh, decided back, I believe, in the 50s. It says, like, military and diplomats uh, serving on behalf of the United States cannot sue the government. So uh, a number of senators got together approximately two years ago and began working on legislation. And they passed the Havana Syndrome legislation that Joe Biden uh, signed into law. Yeah, I remember that. Now, unfortunately, and we've... But is that just for internal compensation versus... Yeah. Yeah, international it, action. Yeah, it's it's internal compensation, but it's minimal at best. I mean, it's Ugh. about. I think it's about the most someone can get is about one hundred eighty thousand dollars, which is a pittance when you're talking about people's professional careers that they'll never work again potentially. Um, and it, you know, we've talked, uh, we've had extensive talks with Senator Shaheen's office in in the United States, and unfortunately, they just can't share much because it's national security, and which I get. You know, I'm not. I don't have security clearance, but it's it's a situation where the Canadian government will come to the table. They're going to have to. They have to. Um, and sometimes in politics, you look at the timing of where you are in the middle of a mandate. When do things get settled? Not at the very beginning, and definitely not at the very end. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle, and that's where we are right now. Um, the non-diplomatic but, but, victims, you know, the non-diplomats, we have a mediation set up uh, with a former Supreme Court judge to mediate in May. Um, now the trick is going to be, okay, let's get the diplomats involved. And I think we'll get there. It just will take a little time. This is God's work, man. Yeah, it's fun.
But but you know what? She's, you know what? My wife is scared out of her mind half the time. <laughs> Karen, good work for you. But you know what? She just keeps saying, "Can I meet Ricky Ricardo?" I said, "No, you can't." <laughs> no, but you know this is this is such a poignant issue because you know I've always had concerns about overreach of government, all sorts of other issues with government, and here's a different realm for me. Uh, that you've brought to light. And I want to bring you back to talk more about this and other cases that are similar, where we see our government failing us and failing our diplomats, failing our, 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 our patriots here, and failing us on the international scale. So I know I didn't tell you about this one case, but I'm going to talk. I'm going to dovetail into it. Um, bring it on, baby. We act for 2,500 veterans. Um, in 1992, um, in 1992, the um, Canadian, the Canadian sent uh, troops to Somalia. Yep, yeah, I remember that. And um, I'm old enough. Yeah, and uh, Hoffman LaRoche Drug Company was working on a drug called Mefloquin. It's also known as Larium, which is an anti-malarial drug. Oh yeah. And um, I know lots of people that took it. Um, because if you traveled to Africa, right. or like that's you'd what, take that drug to prevent. Yeah, because it was a once a week drug. Yeah, yeah. And there was another drug called doxycycline, which was a daily. It's an pill. antibiotic. Well, it's a, it, it was anti-malarial, and it was it was a once a day pill. So the drug wasn't approved yet when our troops left for Somalia, and the Canadian government got permission to do a clinical trial from Hoffman LaRoche as our troops went off to Somalia. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, the Canadian government didn't follow the clinical protocol, which is a big problem. First of all, number one, it says, anyone with pre-existing psychological issues should not take this drug. Anyone who had been in any type of combat before going to Somalia had pre-existing psychological issues. Number one. <laughs> um, number two, it said in the warnings, if you experience these side effects, ABC, they, they list them all out. Right. You must discontinue this drug immediately. And? They didn't. Wow. They just kept feeding them, feeding them, feeding them. One of my lead plaintiffs, a guy named John Dow, was in Somalia the night the kid was killed, where the Canadians grabbed him, tortured him. And they were all on mefloquine that night. Mefloquine became known, depending on the day, you took it. If you took it on Wednesday, it was known as Wacky Wednesdays. If you took it on Monday, it was Manic Mondays because of the side effects. So the impact was, so the cognitive fallout from that was? It, it, it made people... Psychotic. Psychotic. Um, to the point that... And this drug was used from 1992 to 2016. When they say alcohol's bad. And we've got 2,500 vets who have taken this drug... And they are not acknowledged as having a. And you're you're taking you're 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 fighting for them. So we have yeah we have 2,500 veterans as our uh, as our clients. We cut it off uh, because at some point you got to cut off. And and we had we had been all over for three years. I went across the country um, doing town hall meetings. I, I mean, you know, growing up, I remember. Dude, so- you cut a lot of. <laughs> energy my friend <laughs> i remember saying i mean i remember saying to these guys you know i'm in a hall of like 250 veterans military guys and i'm like as i stand i this is what i said as i stand here today i can tell you i do not have what it takes to do what you guys did 
There's no way. What I was told, what people in Afghanistan went through, there's no f***ing way. Rwanda, Romeo, General Dallaire is one of our clients. Well, he'll tell you about what happened, yeah. And and he and we met with him, and gentlemen, through and through, and he and bet, a consummate, yes, a consummate soldier, yes. And he was told. I have mad respect. So for that he man. was actually told. He said, "You got to get me off of this. I'm going f***ing nuts." Yeah, yeah. So Dallaire was told, "If you don't take the pill, you will be court-martialed." If a general is told that, what's the f***ing private supposed to do? And as my wife does point out, this became dollars and cents. One pill a week was 21 cents. Doxycycline was 16 cents a day. Do the math. Now the Canadian government, the military, the Canadian government military will say- it was Until just it easy. adds up for the pharmaceutical just, companies. Right, no, it was just easy to administer. You know, you only had to make sure they took What's it once a week. the end game? The end game was just, they thought this was gonna work. And they just turned a blind eye. They just turned a blind eye. And you talk about people that put their lives on the line. And so, and and, and COVID then, and let me, I, and I do some work with some folks that uh, help vets, and I'm at their office, and they've got a bunch of veterans there, and this is right in the middle of COVID. And we start talking about the vaccine. All right, and I say, listen, I don't need to get into a debate with you. Yeah, don't, because we'll I, get canceled no, off of YouTube. But I said what, but what I said to him is, I totally understand your, your skepticism. Yeah, because you were lied to about a pill, and look what it did to you. So you're very different than the average citizen. And what he said was, yeah, you're right. But I, it, it, it just bothers me that. I mean, you. you what I learned about going from town to town, like we went to Edmonton. I mean, we went to uh, Oromocto, New Brunswick. Oh my God, my wife Marcy is from yeah, Fredericton, right, New Brunswick, and right. she knows where Oromocto is. Okay, there's not a lot to do in Oromocto. There's okay. gotta be. There's, there has to be a billiard <laughs> hall. Um, but but when I got there, after being in Edmonton and being other places, I realized. They're taking advantage. They, they, they're recruiting people whose options are the oil fields, the farms, or the forestry industry. Mm-hmm. They're not getting the upper, no. right? And so these guys, and they're trained to follow orders. You don't question. You never question. And they took advantage of them. And talk about a breach of fiduciary duty. Explain what that means. Well, basically, please. Basically, you're talking about people who have power, basically controlling you and saying you have no choice. You're going to follow. Yeah, what but I a say. fiduciary duty is you have a duty of care to these people. You do, right? Yeah. And they abuse it. They totally abused it, and and I got so much time for these people because I have, like, I, I would I would tear up in these meetings. It's a, it's and, and I mean, we, I mean, and some of the best work I've ever done was on a Saturday night. I, I don't know if you remember. Karen, I bet that sucked for you, but. No, it was Saturday. We were, we were at home like a typical Saturday night because <laughs> we're too tired to go out. <laughs> and so I got. Sorry, we're old. I got, a, I got an email from a client. Her husband was, was in the hospital. He, they were both vets. And uh, they were both bodybuilders. 
and and you know I remember this guy like yesterday big, big guy he worked he and he was in the Invictus games a couple times and right. and he was dying um, steroid use over the years his body was breaking down it was during COVID and they wouldn't let her into the hospital he was in palliative care and so I made it my mission that night that Saturday night to get her into the hospital and we got it we got it done well, we got it done good for you and, and, and the other one is the other one was um, if you go on Facebook and, and type in Mike Rude Mike and his dog Spark Spell Rude R-U-D-E um, I, I love Mike um, and his dog Spark his service dog I get a I'm on Facebook it's a Sunday and I can remember it like yesterday I was on I was probably watching football it's Sunday and I see Mike's being arrested in BC because he wouldn't leave the Esso gas station because they wouldn't allow dogs and, and you know problem is is that it could have been easily dealt with if he would just have left right yeah. but he's belligerent and he served his country he did and, his and, time and he was right right and, and he stood his ground and so we i talked to the cops on the phone we got everything straightened out and then i then i got on the i, I remember i was in vancouver a few days later and i'm on the phone with esso you f-ers. like you got to make this right I said, this guy's do, going across the country talking about Mefloquin getting clients, getting vets to be in this. And I can't remember what they, they did something for him. But it was like, th- those are the best things I've ever done. Because those people did things that I couldn't even fathom. I mean, as I, as I said in one of these meetings, my mother still doesn't let me play on the street. You think I'm going to Afghanistan? Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> Look, we owe it. We owe it to those people who are heroes yeah. of our country. Yeah who've done these things and yeah. we we are but the lawyers who defend in people or advocate for them in litigation yeah. and, and they've done the hard f-ing work and can i tell you what what i've learned to, i i now say thank you for your service in a very different way i have always said that i and i always i always have but i do like i was in washington um back in the fall and i was just walking around the vietnam memorial and you can you know who's the vets there yeah yeah uh, and I went up to the couple of them and I said, thank you for your service. And you say it now, I say it now in a way probably very differently. At least I think I do because of what I know what these With guys more emotion. do. Yeah. It's like, and it's funny, like, you know, they were told if you don't take mefloquine, <laughs> if you don't take the pill, you don't go on yeah. tour. I'm like, I wouldn't take the pill. And every vet said to me, no, I have trained. This is what I am trained to do. And I'm thinking, you're putting your life on the line. I can't, I can't, well, cheers to them because- Cheers to them. Because- Cheers to the service of our forces and the U.S. forces and what it is about government overreach. I think I can use a drink. Okay, f*** it. You're coming back. We're going to talk more about it. Paul Miller. Cheers. Love you. You're doing God's work.